What's up? It's film time, and we're back with reviews of the latest, the biggest, the boldest movies out there. Well, basically, we're just going to cover everything. I'm Van Connor. This is Off Screen. Drop the needle. Groovy. I'm Van Connor. Welcome to Off Screen. And my guest this week, contributor to Empire, contributor to Hey You Guys, former contributor of the London Film Club, and most importantly, creator of the Amontage. I'm joined by Amon Woman. Hello, hello, hello. What's up? How you doing? So, so many movies out. Well, there, there always are, aren't they? It's, it's hard to narrow it down to a few to pick. Uh, what we got this week? What, what leaps out to you this week? Um, Men in Black International for sure leaps out at me. Uh, Brightburn as well. Um, really, really loved that concept and that really grabbed people from the trailers uh, that are released a few months back. Uh, so those two in particular I'm looking forward to speaking about. So, I mean, Men in Black reboots, it's finally here. It comes to us, and I didn't realise this, F. Gary Gray has directed this. That's been kept relatively quiet, I think. Ah, uh, well, I mean, I, I sort of knew about, about, about it. Maybe you just need to read the fine print more, Van. I clearly do. It literally is the fine print at the bottom of the poster half the time, isn't it? It's literally the last little thing yeah. in the terms and conditions on the bottom of the movie poster is who directed it. So uh, let's kick off, then, with Men in Black International this week, which is the fourth, I believe, fourth chronological uh, Men in Black movie. It is the first without uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, and uh, it does feature one returning star, though. Emma Thompson's back, I believe. Emma Thompson is back, yeah. She got introduced in uh, Men in Black 3, and she is the one character who makes uh, a return uh, in in this movie. And she's really, really, really great. Uh, Emma Thompson, international treasure, we should say, Emma Thompson. Oh, oh yes, of course. Who's also really good in, in Late Night, which uh, got released a couple weeks back. Um, it's funny you point that out, like Late Night, because yeah. I mean, we've not talked about the film yet, but uh, I did come out of, uh, Men, of Men in Black International. Thing. Isn't it funny that Emma Thompson has played this role effectively twice <laughs> in a fortnight? Uh, <laughs> it's great both times, uh, but in the case of Men in Black, definitely one of the better things ab- about the film, I would say. But we should, we should talk about it. Tell us the plot of Men in Black International. Oh, how do I tell you put in a concise manner? Put, <laughs> put me on the spot here, Van, but I'm going to respond. Uh, so, uh, Tessa Thompson, uh, as a child, she witnessed her parents have an encounter with the Men in Black, and while the Men in Black neuralized her parents, they failed to neuralize her. So she has spent her entire life uh, searching for the Men in Black, and she finds them uh, until the first act of the movie and is promptly sort of recruited on a probationary basis and teamed up with Chris Hemsworth's veteran uh, Men in Black Gibson, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, they are sent off to London to deal with a problem that could potentially involve an alien invasion. And, uh, yeah, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth are on so, the case. A Thor Ragnarok reunion, as it were. Absolutely, yes. So we've got a clip. So this is of Agent H, which is Hemsworth, and M, which is... Mandatory uh, female agent in the millennial age. You've got to do it now. They are people in black now. Um, this is them finding the lone survivor of a royal alien massacre. So this is Kumail Nanjiani as what seems to be a four-inch tall creature known Pawnee. as Pawnee. I must end my own life in the most painful way possible. I don't think that she would want you to, you know. Who are you to know what a queen would or wouldn't want? Are you a queen? Well... I mean, to the extent that all women are, yes. But no, no, I'm not a queen. Maybe the best way to honor the dead is to go on living. Yes. I pledge loyalty eternal to you, Agent M. No, 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 I'm not interested in a subject. Too late. It's done. I already pledged the loyalty. I wish you'd said no, no, no before. 
And if you should die before I, I promise to end my own life in the most painful way possible. Yeah, ha. I don't like you. So, yeah, Kumail there. And I'm a big fan of that guy. Really am. Likewise. Likewise, and, uh, he's great. Big Sick, yep. uh, Silicon Valley, a Twilight he, Zone. He did Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone recently. Yep, now he, his star is on the rise. I think he's uh, in talks with Marvel to be in the Inter- Eternals movie. Oh, yes. Uh, so, yeah, uh, looking forward to the world learning more about Kumail Nanjiani. So, <laughs> were you looking forward to Men in Black International? I was, and it was interesting going to the screening and talking to critics beforehand. Uh, I was one of the few who was excited <laughs> to see this movie because the trailers for me looked pretty good. Hmm. Um, uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson are a great pairing, as we've seen in both Thor Ragnarok and Avengers Endgame. Do you think they are the new Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner that we, that we need right now? That's my hmm. theory. I, that's, that's not a bad comparison. That's not a bad comparison. Um, so, yeah, now, between those two things, I like F. Gary Gray as a director. Um, I was excited to check this one out, for sure. And did it meet those expectations? It did not. Oh! It did not. Um, Here's and, an interesting thing, though. Yeah. Because I, I think you and I are relatively similar. I'm sure there's a good half decade between us, at least. I'm, <laughs> I'm always more ancient than anyone in a room, for some reason. But, uh, but I think we were both relatively young when Men in Black began. Like, I would imagine you were... The first movie was in 1997, 97. that would have been eight. That, I was going to say eight to ten, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I was about 14, and I remember the marketing for Men in Black being okay. so bombastic and, and being so slick and cool, and it really was like nothing else you had seen at that point. It was, it was a culmination of all the fandom at that point and Will Smith, and it was yeah. really cool and really promising. And it more or less delivered. It wasn't quite the epic you hoped for, but the sequels I've always found really disappointing. Do you think this is a disappointing sequel to the original? Do you think it lives up to the first one? It doesn't come close to living up to the first one. The first one is still the best Men in Black movie uh, by a good... Good wide Intergalactic mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that this is... So how, how, how I would rank them is a Men in Black 1... Men in Black International, Men in Black 3, Men in Black 2. That is absolutely the correct order, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> now, I thought this was a perfectly fine reboot, but quite a disappointing sequel to that first one. Uh, it's not a brilliant movie, but it's just, just about fun enough, I suppose. I think. Just about. I mean, you know, it's, it's competent enough, just yeah. about. But you forget about the movie very, very, very quickly. There's very little that, you know, to me stands out. And that's a shame because, you know, Chris Hemsworth, especially as a comedic performer, we have been lauding him uh, yeah. for the past, you know, few years. And it's deservedly so. If you look, like, look at Vacation, look at Ghostbusters, look at his work from even for me, the first Storm movie, that guy is funny. Oh, he is. But and it's a similar problem where uh, to some Kevin Hart movies, which I watch. And that people know that he's a very gifted improv, is, is, is very gifted at improv. So it feels like they're just telling him the direction. Just you know, we're gonna you know put Point the camera on you, and you just do your thing. And it shows in this one. It feels like the majority of the words that Chris Hemsworth says in this movie are just improv. <laughs> and whilst he is a gifted improviser, that is too much of a good thing, and it shows. Also. The way that his character is written, I can't really... I don't think he really has an arc. I had this, yes. Um, I, I could say similar s- similar for Tessa Thompson in a way. I think, you know, 
there, there is an arc for her there, but it's not really very well tracked. Um, there's a line, there's a recurring line. Uh, I can't sort of, you know, remember the quote um, verbatim, uh, but it's something along the lines of uh, the universe will, you know, put you where you need to be. Yes, yeah, yeah, something like that, isn't it? Yeah. But it doesn't really track for what Tessa Thompson's character is going through, and no, yet that Lord. line comes back at a crucial moment in the movie. <laughs> um, Did you also find as well that within the first ten seconds of this movie, you had predicted that it's third act twist? I had not because I'm not very good. Oh. Um, although as the movie progresses, um, the basically the, I don't think it's a spoiler because it's in the trailers, but um, there's a mole in Men in Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as the tra- as the as the film progresses, it's fairly obvious who that mole is. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yes. So, a bit of a disappointment. That's Men in Black International. That is in cinemas from Friday, June 14th. And uh, just Also, we, uh, just me, the, the, most, the biggest disappointment about the entire movie is that there's no Will Smith credit song. C- clearly, yes. I know, <laughs> I, mean, I know, right? But you know, know, 3 didn't either, did it? Pickle, no, well, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, I'm still trying to forget that awful, 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 <laughs> awful song. Goodness me. So, let me really quickly drop uh, We the Animals, which is also in cinemas on June 14th as well. Uh, this is the feature uh, debut of writer-director uh, Jeremiah Zaga. This is based on the novel by Justin Torres. Um, this is the story of a young boy's childhood growing up with his two brothers um, in, a, in a parental relationship where the mother simply wants to flee. The father wants the most dull, average, everyday life he can have. And it's how they're, gonna, they're destined to grow up into their parents. Which one is it going to be? Um, not for everyone, but something of a moonlighty quality to it okay. though as well um, that's, for a, me, that's a very you know, good movie to be compared to bold isn't it <laughs> this stacks up pretty well it sounds like it should be derogatory it stacks up decently um, Evan Rosado who plays the central character a young child actor I think he's going to be huge you see this kid instantly he's got it so uh, we're going to cut to the jump cut back with uh, well more cinematic fun We're going to talk shirts now, because our sponsors this week come courtesy of Twillery. So, pop over to twillery.com forward slash off screen. You're getting a promo code for $25 off shirts at Twillery. And they're running a Father's Day special, too, where you get a free set of, like, bottle opener collar stay. So that's going until the 16th of June. So if you're unfamiliar with Twillery, these are the shirts that don't wrinkle or itch or make you sweat. So they're very 2019. Uh, the whole idea is they are non-iron, untalkable performance dress shirts, they, they do the whole smart casual, just got smarter, smart shirt thing, and, uh, well, they do this uh, this this whole thing with the uh, the nickel collar stays that inc- get included with each shirt, so pop along to twillery.com, don't forget, use the promo code offscreen, just go to twillery.com forward slash offscreen, and check them out. And we're back with more cinematic goodness, I'm joined by Armand Woman. welcome back, sir, so more movies to cover, where should we go next on this cinematic voyage? Let's talk about Brightburn. Yes, Brightburn. So, I mean, were you like me? You were just hyped there was another movie out with James Gunn's name somewhere near it. <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, big James Gunn fan. Very happy that Marvel saw sense and hired him back for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And that he gets a crack at Suicide Squad as well. Um, I know, that's having your cake and eating it, isn't it? Yeah. And honestly, you know, after Suicide Squad... Uh, the David Ayer movie. I was, you know, I was, I was, I was very, I was very content to not see a Suicide Squad live action movie ever again because it was that bad. But if there's any director working today who can, might be able to make a Suicide Squad movie work, 
It's James Gunn, so I'm very intrigued. Well, Darkness does seem to be his forte, and so he has produced this. This is director David Yarovevsky. Yarovevsky, I think is, is the pronunciation. Yarovevsky, who has been like a he's been like a sort of a protege of James Gunn's over the years. He's done like he did the video for the Guardians Inferno uh, song. Oh, awesome! Uh, that one. <laughs> he does things like that. He does the sort of weird left field projects that James Gunn sort of oversees. This is his directorial sort of feature effort of late, and it's effectively. What if Superman but evil, right? That's, that's basically the way to just call it? Yeah, that's basically it. Um, got these two parents, and uh, they sort of happen upon a spaceship. Um, <laughs> where they as, could, as one does. You know, <laughs> you know it happens. Um, uh, so it's very, you know, it takes a lot from the Superman story, uh, except that when this teenager comes of age, uh, yes, he starts displaying powers, but the... Uh, ship he he's he comes to Earth with is sort of you know basically commanding him to rule to to, to take over the world. So it's basically he, his his ship is also his fortress of solitude of, of sorts, isn't it? But, In but a like way, the evil yeah. Version, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's it's this is frustrating because you know you look at the trailers and it's a really fun, smart gimmick. I mean, we've seen seen it play out in. Uh, what if comics before we have um, Marvel actually bringing sort of their what if series to Disney Plus, which I think is going to be very very interesting and animated and feature the voices as well. Yeah, right? yeah, that, I think that's a very smart idea. Um, but Brightburn never maximizes the potential of this concept, and that's the frustrating thing about it. There's so many interesting questions you can ask uh, with a movie like this, but it just never thoroughly interrogates all the themes and ideas. Uh, to a satisfying level, and that, we, uh, that's the frustration with this. Should we should we drop drop a clip in? It's kind of sell. That's kind of selling the concept as they are. So this is the tone they're going for in the marketing. Uh, this is Brightburn, David Yarovsky directing, starring Elizabeth Banks and David Denham as the parents. So this is this is a sample of one of the most recent TV spots. Mom, who am I? You are a gift. Very cool, isn't it? <laughs> Elizabeth Banks does great work here. She does. Um, yeah. she, she's by far the strongest sort of actor in this movie. I like Jackson Dunn. I like who plays the young boy. I think he's got, I think, the right balance. There's a point when he goes full Brad Renfro at the end of Apt Pupil, and I have, yeah. I, I'm oh, here for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's good, but it's a one note performance. And once he gets his powers, you know, the thing which I was looking for, one of the things I was looking forward to seeing with this movie potentially was the na- nature versus nurture uh, side of yes, things. Yes, thank you. I and had they, this criticism. And they don't really do that. As soon as sort of, you know, he gets his powers and he communes with his spaceship, that's, he's, that's he's kind ju- of, yeah. He's just, he's, he's just evil. There's, there's no sort of changing him at that point. They don't come close. You want, uh, you want Carrie, don't you? You want to see if it's actually the, the perils of being an adolescent that can... Is it basically a school shooter with superpowers kind of a scenario? Is that what we're going for? Because that is interesting. Yeah. They could have done so, so very much uh, with this concept. And it's just a little frustrating that they don't do that... They don't, they don't uh, sort of, you know, do that in a, sat- in a satisfying way as they could. I will say that there are many effective moments throughout 
of just, you know, <laughs> shock and Gleeful horror fun. and kills. <laughs> I mean, the kills in this, my goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo. yeah. There's some doozies mm, in here. Huh? I'm just thinking about some of what happens and my, my, my face is contorting. It's, it's, just, it's quite just, nasty, ugh. isn't it? It's nasty like is, nasty, to, put it, to, put it, to put it mildly, is nasty is the word. But, um, let's, let's go from, from nasty then to something a little bit more, uh, let, let's just say highbrow and, and corporate. Let's talk about the Hummingbird Project, which okay. sort of stealthily been slipped into the releases this week. Brightburn, by the way, is actually not technically this week, sort of midway through the week. That's Wednesday, yeah, the 19th, um, 19th yeah. next week. Uh, so Hummingbird Project, which is out uh, Friday the 14th. So this is Jesse Eisenberg and Alexander Skarsgård. I always meant to say Sarsgård, which is, of course, Peter, <laughs> isn't it? And then the Skarsgård. Um, so they are uh, they're two uh, basically brain, millen- brain-driven millennial financial coder types who come up with a plan to construct an unbroken one-shot completely direction, one direction, seamless fiber optic pipeline that will run half the distance of the United States and give them an exclusive one millisecond head time on the competition, which will net them <laughs> billions. It is insane, but get this. It is the second best movie you will ever see about high-frequency optical data transfers. But tell you what, here's a claim. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Oh, what shit. are you doing? Wait. What is this? That's our resignation. Thank you. Thank you for our employment. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Let's I go. Mean, because I don't know where you think you're going, but you're going empty-handed. You do realize that, right? I mean, all the information, the data, the research, obviously my codes, they say here. Your codes. Sorry, they're his codes. Thank you, Emma. His, his codes. codes. Yes, you're delusional. Codes. You're delusional. Everything in that head, it's ours. No, it's his. This is a free country. That part of his brain belongs to us. No, free country. Do you even know why you're doing this? Because I know that this stupid idea cannot possibly be yours. Yeah, I forgot to mention Salma Hayek there. She is having a <laughs> ball here. So you said it's the second best movie about you know, five octaves. What's the first best movie for but, you? I, I mean, clearly Margin Call. I mean, everyone okay. knows Margin Call. Okay. And yeah. also, that kind of gets referenced a, a, a lot in here, I think, because oh. it has that sort of J.C. Shandor kind of, you know, almost millennial Aaron Sorkin, I want to say, kind of a feel okay. about it. And that's one of the things that comes up in a lot in Hummingbird. It is about the fact that Basically, what they have done is take something that anyone could have done, line up a billion pieces of administrative paperwork, (laughs) and actually, if you had the time and single mind to get through them, the damage you could do. And it's a brilliant idea. It feels like it should have been a true... It feels like this is a true story. It's kind of framed as if it's got a true story kind of vibe to it. It's not a true story at all. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg's just doing that Jesse Eisenberg thing that he does, you know, all the time. That one sort of routine. He's he's Lex Luthor, as it were. Uh, He's Lex Luthor social network. Why would you remind me of that performance, man? I'm sorry, man. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I got love for you, but I I had to. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Anyway. um, Sounds like it's uh, the best movie released this week. Well, that's the thing. I I had a good time with it. This does not agree invent the cinematic wheel, but I thought actually, pretty good for what it was. I had a blast. So, uh, that's it for theatricals this week. If you're going to see anything, what would you pick really quickly? Well, based on you sold me on the Hummingbird Project. <laughs> so, well done, Ben. You're very persuasive. I mean, me personally, I'm going for Brightburn because I still had enough fun with it. But, okay. uh, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, if you're going to see anything this week, Amon says uh, Hummingbird, I say Brightburn. Uh, listen to Amon, people. L- listen, listen to the mad people. <laughs> we'll be back after this.
just going to say a shout out to our boys at Runway East for hooking us up with this sick studio space. We wouldn't record anywhere else. And frankly, if you're looking for a co-working space, you shouldn't look elsewhere either. So come along to London Bridge, Soho, Moorgate, and check them out on runwayea.st. So that's Runway East. I'm back with my guest, Armand Warman. So, uh, Mr. Warman, so, let, this is the thing. So, like, when I go to the movies these days, I notice that a lot of people in the day and age of allocated seating don't turn up until after the adverts and the trailers now. They, they, I mean, this is less so for us. We go to a lot of press shows, so we're robbed of trailers anyway. But I always like to get there in time for the trailers. And uh, sometimes you, you see a bad one, and then you, you see like five bad trailers. You see one good one that you, you enjoy. Uh, you, you, you must be a fan of trailers because you have, you've created the, the Armontage. <laughs> Talk us through the Armontage. What, is, is that why? Is that, is that a thing? Uh, yeah, in some respects. I mean, I just love movies. Um, so, you know, that that was what sort of was driving it initially. It's like um, a super trailer of sorts, yeah. isn't it? Like, like the, big, the big mega trailer. Yeah, so I started it back in 2013. Oh, it's been that long already. Yeah, the, the, this year's one was the seventh annual montage which <laughs> and, this, is, and it blew up as well yeah and nah, the, tw- the 2013 one um, so the, what I do is I use a sort of popular uh, music track and sort of sync the clips uh, from the summer blockbuster trailers into the uh, track you sort um, of fit the rhythm as well yeah, don't I you fit the there's, rhythm there's a flow in it. yeah, yeah there's a, uh, exactly so I used Fallout Boy, uh, <laughs> My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark in 2013. And that went viral in part because Fallout Boy actually tweeted it, uh, which is insane. Which, which was bonkers, wasn't it? Was bonkers, bonkers. So that got like 100,000 views in like three days. So I was like, okay, I'm onto something here. And I am a perfectionist when it comes to these things. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. What next must that year, be like? <laughs> next year, I'm going to do Because well, that's part, partially why they take me so long to do. Because the, you know, the actual videos itself are like, about three to four minutes. Um, but uh, the the time to it takes to sort of get it done more. It must it's, be months. It's, it's three to four months. Because the way I look at it, it's like, a, it's like a, the world's most complicated jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> and then every piece in a jigsaw puzzle has the proper place um, and I try to and if you and if you try to sort of you know, jam in a piece from a jigsaw puzzle into the place into place which is just not quite oh, right of course you're, you're breaking it, it doesn't, open, doesn't yeah. quite look right and I try and apply that logic as much as I can to the summer blockbuster a montage uh, because if you find the right clip for the right place you could, One, yeah. there's no feeling like it. You do feel like you are the man. Oh, for it's an air punch. It's oh, a absolutely. absolutely. Uh, but then if you do that as much as possible, then the whole thing just comes together in a really, really cool way. And the results uh, have been uh, well-received. Like yeah, I say, no, you blew up this. You, you, you actually got a full uh, article on screen round for this one, I think. Yeah, you? no. It, it, the last couple of years, it's gone, it's gone to a couple yeah. of big outlets. It's been on screen round. It's been on the playlist. It's been on oh. We Got Discovered. Um, so you know that's been very very humbling. At the, t- at the same time, to see how big it's cut- become now to the point where it's like a annual fixture on film Twitter, and people are asking me about it. Sort of months in advance. We do now. We do now. You don't do. we? Yeah. A do. question. What one question? I've always yeah. wondered this. Now, do you have a point when you sit and you just download all the trailers at once and start sifting through for the best friends, or do you simply see a trailer when it comes out and think, okay, I'm going to keep that bit for when? For, for, for when I do the montage because clearly that's a great moment or it's a it's a bit of both I try and sort of download the, the trailers as they come out 
Um, but with me, you know, I don't do a lick of editing until I figure out what track I'm going to use. It all and starts with the music. It all starts with the music for me. And I don't... To figuring out what track to use is the most <laughs> difficult part of the process because for me, the way in which I tr- pick a track is if I listen to a track and I can visualize where scenes which don't exist might slip in, then I know I'm onto a track uh, which you know might work. And to find a track like that is extremely difficult. I listen to well over 100, 200 tracks um, you know, until I happen upon the right one normally. Uh, and so I've got your initial question. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell you what, we're running out of time. Why don't we? Okay. Do, we can find it on YouTube. Go with the a montage. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, montage my, with an A. Yeah. So my sort of YouTube handle is Amonymous. Um, this is one of my nicknames. Well, this Where does he get it? those clever <laughs> names? <laughs> and if you search Amonymous into YouTube, you can find it. If you just type in "summer blockbuster montage." I'll be on the first page now. Uh, Look, so. I respect a man that knows the value of self-branding. <laughs> Me more than anybody. <laughs> so let's uh, let's pick some movies for TV viewers this week. So what you can see for the next seven days. So starting uh, this Saturday, June fifteenth. Uh, let's start with uh, Five Star. You can turn over to Five Star at uh, one twenty-five in the afternoon, and you can see ET the Extraterrestrial, which I know you must know because you're a big fan of scores. I tell you what, I'll, I'll go. I'll go one. Uh, I'll go one better for you. <laughs> Just takes you soaring, doesn't oh. it, Aaron? Yeah, I, I kind of Williams that. is the goat, um, and uh, Hans Zimmer is the guy who opened my ears to what film music can do. But his filmography, which is ridiculous, is second to John Williams' filmography, which is. No, ridiculous isn't the word. It's just out of this. It's, it's insane. I mean, I've it's seen insane. you on, on contrib- I've seen you contributing to soundtrack list. I know yeah. John Williams is a very big uh, influence for you. So let's uh, go to uh, uh, Sunday. It's worth seeing ET just because it's an amazing movie, by the way. But it yeah. does also have an amazing score. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Sunday uh, film four at nine p.m. Uh, the Coen Brothers Hail Caesar, which is that the grand all-star Hollywood uh, or semi-musical parody, I would say. Yeah, that's a, yeah. yeah. I, that's, that's a solid description of it. I've got to say, I'm not a fan say, of this one, are you? I'm mixed on it. I'm mixed on it. It was a while since I saw. I think I've only I've only ever seen this at the press screening. I will say this in sort of praise of it. The what did it was a simple scene. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on, hang on. We, we've actually got that for you. Here we are. <laughs> Would that it were so simple. Would that it were so simple. Would that it were so simple. My dear boy, why do you say that? Why do you say twer? Well, you should say it like I said it. <laughs> you just can't beat that, can you? That scene is great. I know um, it, it's uh, Ray Fiennes in that in, in that sequence, uh, Mr. Lorenz, I think, or something like that. He's so good. Like that's the moment you take away from that film. Yes, I think. Also, but, it did weirdly predict Solo for a lot of us. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Monday like. then, let's look at uh, back to let's go back to film four. Uh, Ten past eleven, it, we've got The Descendants, the Alexander Payne movie with uh, 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 George Clooney, right? Yeah. And this is uh, this was I think this has my favourite punch of any movie in it, in which Robert that's Forster. That's a big. Big statement. Oh, oh, it, it is, it is. I'm sorry, but the weird part is my second favourite punch actually comes from George Clooney. My oh, favourite wow. comes from a George Clooney movie, and it's Robert <laughs> Forster, um, in which Robert Forster simply says, I'm going to hit you now, and then just punches a man in the face. This is followed by George Clooney punching man a man in, 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 from Dusseldorf, and, you know, what, you know, what do you call this? Bang, it's a punch. It's not a punch. Um, Descendants, a movie I didn't appreciate when it came out. I've, I've gotten to like a lot more as time has gone by. I somehow didn't realise Shailene Woodley was in this as his daughter as well. 
That I do remember. That mm. I do remember. And Shailene Woodley is a very, very talented actress. I wish she'd been in better films because I think yes. if she had, yeah, she'd be an even so. bigger star than she is she right now. Uh, I say that, uh, and I know that she's in sort of big little lines with Meryl Street right now, and I'm very much looking forward to watching this <laughs> second pretty, season. That's a good, but, good comeback, isn't it, that one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I've been a big Shailene Woodley fan for years. Um, and yeah, I just wish she'd pick better stuff because the Divergent stuff don't the, the, the Divergent movies don't do enough they don't time. they don't do anything with it yeah. let's go to a movie I know you have all the respect in the world for so on Tuesday night film for 9pm mm. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation I, I'm, I, put, I don't even know specifically I'm just going to put money that you love this you would you it's, it's a smart it's a smart, it's a smart, <laughs> it's a smart bet. bet it's a smart bet you were all about Fallout it's so Good. This series oh, is so good, isn't it's it? It's so, so, so great. And the stunts in this movie are just ridiculous. The is, bathroom scene. As I say, Rogue is, Nation is the one. Is that wait, the one no, with the bathroom? No, sorry. Rogue Ball, Nation? Fallout is the one with the bathroom scene. Rogue yes. Nation is the one with. Um, is this the motorbike one? Yes. This is the motorbike yeah, one. Yeah, which isn't was it? very. And very, the water very yes, and very reminiscent of the um, Matrix Reloaded sequence. Yes, very but, much. Um, yeah. But, Big fan, um, I think. Remind me, I might be getting it wrong again. Is this the one that opens with the plane stunt when he's hanging onto the side it of does, the... yes. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know where I am now. <laughs> the thing is, the last three have been equally good, I think. They've gotten slightly better each time, but they've always been great. Yeah. So, a lot of time for them. Uh, so, film for 9pm. I take it I have your seal of approval on, you on Rogue Nation. You do. Uh, Wednesday, and this is, for me, one of the best action comedies ever made. This is Shane Black's, uh, I think it's 1991 action comedy, the Bruce Willis, Damon Wayans, Buddy Noir, Detective Satire um, The Last Boy Scout which is on ITV4 at 11.40 I know it's a late one but if you want to fall to sleep with a genuine smile on your face whack this on in bed and honestly it is terrific it is a laugh a minute stuff Bruce Willis is on just peak Willis form in this that because that, I you know, I have not seen this but you saying that might have convinced me because oh. it, it'll be nice to see Bruce Willis act in the movie again. That that would be good. Watch this. I promise <laughs> you. It will also remind you why we loved Damon Wayne so much once upon a time. Okay. Uh, so let's go to Thursday then. We've got to pick up the pace. This is uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation. is on at 10.05 on ITV4. I understand you've not, uh, you've not seen this particular one. I have not, no. You're familiar with the series outside of this, though? Sort of. You must have seen Christmas Vacation. Everyone's seen Christmas Vacation. <laughs> this is weirdly my favourite one, but it's also, I think, the raunchiest. And this is literally the Griswold family go on holiday to Europe, and all sorts of wacky hijinks ensue. Uh, it's basically like an actually good version of what the movie Euro Trip would become years later, uh, but it doesn't have Matt Damon singing Scotty Doesn't Know. Scotty Doesn't Know. Excellent. <laughs> and the last pick for this week would be next Friday. So we're going with E4's selection of Riddick. Which, uh, this is the third in the, uh, the, the series that began with Pitch Black, continued with Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, that's on at 9pm. This is literally Vin Diesel and his alien space dog on a rock fighting mercenaries. And what more could you want? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got a very quick clip for you. This is, uh, this, is a, this is a chained up Riddick, played by Vin Diesel, trying it on with Katie Sackhoff. Because he's, he's only human. Well, sorry, he's only Furion. <laughs> when any last wishes, I was referring to you. Not that the chains aren't a hot look, but no, I'm not going to straddle you in front of all these guys. What if I killed all of them first? Easy, boy. There's a lot more trank where that came from. 
You know, I love it when Katie Sackhoff plays a tough ass. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's uh, our picks for this next week. Uh, we will return. We're going to have a look at what's on DVD, what you can actually stream, uh, what you can find on Blu-ray. So stick around. And we're back for more off-screen. I'm joined by Armand Warman. So let's have a look then at what people can be picking up off the shelves, what people can be downloading with their remotes, what can they be enjoying on the couch this week. So uh, let's start then with our DVD releases. And we've got two picks coming to us on Monday, June the 17th. Why don't you take us through? Have you seen Boy Erased? What's this one like? Yeah, Boy Erased. So if memory serves... Because uh, this... we obviously see these on theatrical, <laughs> and then the moment releases are like three yeah. months later. Uh, this is Lucas Hedges, Russell Crowe, and... This was Nic- is this Nicole Kidman as well? I think so. I think this is Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Because she was in a lot at the same time, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she was. Uh, so, yeah, Lucas Hedges plays a guy who sort of comes to terms with his uh, sexuality, um, but his parents are very sort of, you know religious and his father especially uh, is a pastor Christian pastor and he doesn't sort of like the fact that his son is gay so he sends him off to um, Christian kind of a Christian gay, uh, gay conversion camp isn't it like yeah. a hyper one run by yeah. is it Joel Edgerton Joel Edgerton Joel right um, and th- who also directs this uh, very, he's the second movie. one isn't it is yeah because he directed The Gift which is a fantastic movie I I say, did you like The Gift I really like The Gift it's, you know, every time I, th- I think about The Gift I think about the screening because there's a moment in the gift. This is a very, very, very mild spoiler, so I think you guys will be okay. <laughs> it's been long enough, I yeah. think, the gift. It's been um, four years. So. There's one the gift, and it's, like, it's not like this is like a new sort of, you know, cinematic mm. trope, but there's a person in the shower, and, um, you know, there's, oh. there, there, there's steam in the shower, mm. uh, and she's, like, wiping the steam away, and then once, once she wipes the steam away, there's a, a stranger sort of comes right up to the screen. <laughs> I and the during the screening, up. like, I, you know, when it comes to me and jump scares, I, you know, do full physical bodied reactions. Dude, I've sat next to you and screens. I oh, know you what know you're like. You're terrible. You know this. So, this is during the screening. I don't forget this. is at uh, Soho Hotel. And I did a massive yelp. And... <laughs> Every critic in the room was laughing at me for a good 20 seconds. Um, oh, good times. <laughs> but the other sort of hour or so of the movie is really, really good, I promise. It's really good. And Boy, Boy Erased is is, is a good movie too. Uh, Lucas Hedges, that guy, is going to go far. The boy can act. Oh, he can. And he um, had, uh, is that Ben is Back was out yeah. around the same time yeah, yeah, as well? Yeah, around the same time. It's, 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 no, it's not simple. Should, should we have a clip of him being awesome? I think we've got one here somewhere. Sit down. But I'm not angry. And, and, and he, yeah, he's no. done things that upset but me. But you are. But, you just, but he, he's let me down. But you're why, angry, why, but why, you don't. Why do I have to be angry? Just sit. Sit down. I'm not a dog. And I don't think it's... anyone is responsible for me, so I don't see how it's going to help picking someone to blame or hate. If you don't hate anyone, Jared, then where is all this anger coming because from. you're making me angry there you go i want you to use that i'm not gonna pretend i hate my father i don't hate my father jared you do you don't know me you're all crazy hey all of you i didn't just jared it's never quite the cuckoo's nest in the gay conversion camp movie that you expect it's going to be it's a little deeper than that i think yeah. they left that for cameron post to be honest cameron post did the more the cuckoo's nest i've heard thing. there are many many similarities between the two i have not yet seen my education of cameron post but uh, I can only speak to Boy Race, and Boy Race is a good movie. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. So uh, let's be real quick then. Let's talk really quickly about uh, if Beale Street could talk. Mm. And mm-hmm. again, as a man who loves a good film score, oh my gosh, oh. was it Nicholas, Nicholas Patel? Patel? Yes, he's oh. a frequent collaborator of Barry Jenkins. 
His score for this movie is absolutely phenomenal. World, the movie it? itself is absolutely phenomenal. I actually, and I, mean, I think I'm in the minority in saying that I prefer this film to Moonlight. Um, oh, that is a bold declaration, yeah, so a bold, sir. Hey, I came here to speak the truth. You know, you know I say what I mean, and I mean what I say. You know what I mean? Uh, so, so yeah, I just think it's absolutely incredible. The acting is fantastic. The score is fantastic. The cinematography. Is this is based on the novel by I can never remember the author's name. Oh, and I, I saw the I'm documentary about him. And I absolutely loved him. I'm going to lose my black card in a second. Ooh. Oh man, it, he's the, the, the feature, the, 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 the subject of I am not your Negro back in yeah. 2016, James, 2017. James, James Baldwin. Baldwin? Yes. James Baldwin. We got there. Yes. And you know what? I, I had his face in my head the entire yeah, time. Me too. <laughs> and that is so annoying, especially <laughs> because yeah. he gave us so many great chat show clips to just enjoy really forever. Uh, the, 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 the I Am Not Your Negro documentary narrated by Samuel L. Jackson, by the way, go and so seek good, that out because that is phenomenal. It's on is... film four, I think, occasionally. Okay, good. But, uh, but oh, God, so, so good, so that good. movie. Uh, so let's go to streaming then. You've got to pitch them for you. You're going to tell me because I haven't seen it. So what is uh, Always Be My Maybe? Yes, so Always Be My Maybe. Really, you know, I could sort of detail the plot. I could sort of say the acting is great between the two central leads who are Asian I could say all of that, but really, this is just going to come down to one guy, and that guy's name is Keanu Reeves. Oh, uh, I've seen the meme. I think we've all seen the meme, and half of us don't know the movie it comes from. Yeah, yeah. Now, Keanu Reeves, honestly, is taking over the world he right is? now, and I'm very, very, very here for it. <laughs> My friend, uh, Helen O'Hara, actually came up with a fantastic saying. keanu uh, It's not the keanu it's... Kia New Wave. Oh my which god, I love I it. Think I love it. Works brilliantly. Hello, um, well done. Well done, miss. <laughs> yes, well indeed. done. <laughs> but yeah, between Always Be My Maybe, John Wick Chapter 3, Toy Story 4, which we're finally seeing this weekend. Yes. And he's in this new sort of video game, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk 2077. He is taking over the world right now. And Always Be My Maybe. He's in there for about 15 minutes. Every single second he's on screen is gold. You've sold me. And it's just worth watching purely for that. But the film around it is really, really great, really, really heartwarming uh, and funny. And yeah, I just you know I've only oh, seen it man. once. I I'll happily watch it again right now. I was in I was in just because of Randall Park. To be really honest, <laughs> he's great too. Yeah. So uh, what else we got? We got the beguiled. So, so uh, call me by uh, always be your maybe. I was saying call me maybe. <laughs> always be my maybe is on uh, Netflix now. I believe correct. Yes. That's available now uh, on uh, uh, Thursday, June the twentieth. You can also catch the beguiled, which is being added to the service as well, which is Sophia Coppola's remake of the Clint Eastwood. Uh, well, the Clint Eastwood movie that no one seems to uh, no one of us no one below us. Seems to remember, and everyone above a certain age seems to just have fond memories of and think you should never remake that. And then you see this, and actually, it's pretty good. So, this is uh, Colin Farrell as a wounded Civil War soldier who is taken into uh, an illustrious uh, remote girls' school, which is you know run by uh, Kirsten Dunst. And he has like students like Elle Fanning, and he his presence starts to uh, so what, it starts to stirring amongst the, the all female environment. I'll tell you what, I'll give you a, a real clip of the sort of high drama that Sophia Coppola goes for. This is uh, Colin Farrell being all suave and slick. <laughs> Wait, we'll want to play it. <laughs> Hang on one second. Well, in all my travels, I've never come across such a delicate beauty as yours. Tell me something, will you? Miss Morrow. It's okay. If you could have anything. What's your biggest wish? If you could have anything in the world, what would it be? Anything. 
Anything. To be taken far away from me. See, it does say, you know, I could have told you, sight unseen, that that was a Sophia Coppola movie. It just has that, that, that sort of crisp quality to it that you just think, yeah, that totally sounds like the director of Lost in Translation right there. <laughs> um, I actually quite like this. I, I think it has something of a sort of infectious, almost sweaty, atmospheric feel to it. I'm, uh, I'm a very big fan. Um, but, yeah, I think that's worth checking out. Colin Farrell hadn't been that good in a, a while at that point, so there's, there's definitely that reason to see it. Um, I'm a woman. Where can people find you online if they want to catch more on your cinematic musings? Uh, where might they go about finding you? Yeah, so the best place to follow me online is on Twitter. I am at a woman, and from there you can find my uh, montages, which are on YouTube. Uh, again, the YouTube channel name, the YouTube channel name is Amonymous, and uh, yeah, from there I'll be tweeting about. Uh, my uh, work on uh, on Empire Magazine, uh, my work at Talksport, and others. That's where, that's where I get my fix of you. I literally do Twitter. <laughs> Your Twitter feed is like required reading for me. Um, so that is uh, that, that's it for us this week. Uh, Fun to come next week. Uh, we're looking at the likes of a Child's Play remake. We're looking at Division 19 finally getting a release. We're looking at The Captor, otherwise known as Stockholm, The Flood, and, of course, Toy Story for next week. 